0: on to the science fiction story number one humans weird white water written by betty adams where are you going to with that flotation device Koltsch asked his friend as the human passed by carrying a currently uninflated raft culture does a proud of himself for being able to identify the device after all, emergency safety equipment was not really in the traditional scope of nutritional anthropologists. However, when one worked with a human, one learned to expand one's horizons. The satellites are finally working over this area, and from the looks of it, there's some awesome white water just south of here in the Widowmaker. The human replied with a grin, shifting the giant device easily on one shoulder. Smetty and me are gonna go try it out. Quilch- Carefully flexed his legs on one side to tilt his head in a manner that left the human know that he was considering his words. White was a term the humans used for their inability to distinguish between the visible color spectrum and the several wavelengths were present at one time. How this modified water was uncertain. "'So why are you doing this?' Kulch asked curiously. "'Cause it's going to be fun,' the human replied with a wide and eager grin." Hey, you want to come? It should be safe enough. Kulchk was sorely tempted to join in the recreation, but every hair on his exoskeleton decided to fully extend at that moment. Ah, and so cute when you do that. The human crooned in a genuine admiration, and from the way his fingers were twitching, Kulchk guessed that he was fighting the urge to pet the anthropologist with his free hand. I'm afraid I must decline, Kulchk said. I have to prepare for a presentation. Well, have fun with that, you geek. The human flung his friendly insults at him cheerfully and Kulch chattered happily as he retreated back. He had been working long and hard to integrate himself into the human social structure, and that they felt comfortable enough around him to revert to their habitual behavior blazed him to no end. Normally, he tried to participate in as much of their recreational activities as he could, but... Uh, Safe enough, paired with fun, usually translated into There is a greater than 80% chance that I can bring you back alive from the situation Usually followed by the Hey, you can regenerate limbs, right? For the moment, Kulshk was quite content to go look up white water and flotation device in the database for now End of story Story number two Humans are weird Fils written by Betty Adams And yes, human Sally said with a gusty mammalian sigh I'm aware of how bad that sounds Twistunder lifted his mane gripping appendages In what he had learned humans took to be an interrogative posture Then why did you ask the question, he asked Because I didn't figure out how bad it sounded till after I asked it Human sadly replied I mean, in the context it wasn't so terrible but you did have the context that your co-workers would take it in, Twistunder said, carefully passing the complex human auditory language. Are you saying that you were deliberately ignoring data you had access to? Human sadly groaned and rolled her eyes. It meant something, but Twistunder has a touch unsure of what exactly. Look, Twistunder, she said. Sometimes the filter just fails. What filter? Twistunder asked. The one between a human's thoughts and her mouth, she explained. The two decades of learned behavior that we are supposed to have by the time that we are legally considered adults. Twistunder pondered this. Perhaps it was simple one of those mysteries that they would have to accept about their new allies. But still. And you truly believe that you found it odd that people... Twistunder paused and he work to repeat the near gibberish phrase the human had used. Look... Human Sadi interrupted him. I know how to make stuff work and how it really isn't supposed to, right? jerry rigging, we call it. One of the humanity's most useful skill sets, Twisunder replied. And it's most terrifying, he thought privately. Though the thought of a fully adult, non-Euro-compromised human couldn't control what they said was perhaps a close second. So in the context of my statement made sense, Human and Sadie said, nodding her head. If I know a different way to do something with the tools I had at hand, I don't see why I would disturb someone that I'm benefiting by doing that. Perhaps you should state it that way in the future, Twistunder suggested. I suppose you're right, you and Sadie replied. For the record, please state the phrase you used earlier, Twistunder requested. I just don't understand why folks get so uncomfortable when I offer to misuse knives. End of story. Story number 3. Humans are weird climbing the walls, written by Betty Adams. I do not think I would be able to explain it scientifically. thunder observed as he nuzzled into his companion, but I think I understand the allure of these indoor combustion chambers to the humans. Roll slowly gave a lazy hum of assent and lifted his sensory-rich appendage to absorb some of the radiant warmth spilling out of the combustion chamber. They were twined together in a shallow pool that formed a sort of raised center in the common room, that of the research base. The main lights had been dimmed in tune with the durinal cycle of the planet, and the majority of the staff were spending the rest day sprawled over the furniture, either reading or composing messages for distant loved ones several humans' couches were arranged around the undulate's pool, all facing the circular stone contrivance the humans called a fire pit. The vent hovered over the pit to guide the fumes and smoke out of the common area, and various steel levers hung on the side for when the humans felt the mysterious urge to prod at the flames. Twistunder's musings were cut short as one of the humans in the shadowy reaches of the room tossed aside his book and directed a resentful glare at the large bay of the window that comprised the south arc of the structure. Twistunder mused over the view. One, on the massive storms, the kite, that was unheard of on his planet, was whipping at the forest outside into a frenzy of movement. The trees, each of which he knew to be several uns in diameter, were bending and dripping like so much algae. Twistunder supposed it could sympathize with the frustration that caused the human to drum his fingers on the arm of the chair. Finally, the human produced a wordless gust of air and snapped his feet. The human paced back and forth several times and suddenly made a run at the wall. Human friend Susan, Twistunder asked after a moment. Rollsaway grumbled as Twistunder had to pull away to form words. Sup, little bud, human friend Susan asked before immediately breaking into a yawn. "'What is human friend Red doing?' Twist-Under asked. Human friend Susan blinked slowly at him and Twist-Under, lifting a gripping appendage to indicate a path the human was taking. Human friend Susan swivelled her head slowly and focused on the other human. Her face went slack for a moment as her eyes tracked his course, before breaking into a wry smile. "'He's climbing the walls,' Twist, she said with a laugh. "'I didn't think the architecture allowed humans sufficient purchase to climb the walls.' Twistunder observed. Neither did I, human friend Susan agreed. But it is storming, you know. She indicated the window with a nod of her head. I was under the impression that a storm weather sent mammals into torpor-like state, Twistunder said. Sometimes, human friend Susan said. She winced as the other human reached the ceiling and almost fell from his perch before moving on to the next one. But keep a human cooped up too long and they start climbing the walls. She concluded, turning back to her book. I've heard of that phrase, Rolls Away observed. However, I thought it was simply a figure of speech. Well now we know, Twistunder said. Human friend Susan, I believe the fire needs poking. End of story Story number four Humans are weird another slice written by Betty Adams. And so that's why Thanksgiving Day is different on every other colony world, human friend Peter explained but is synchronized with the Earth holiday when celebrated in non-aligned spacecraft and non-colony worlds. Kulchk finished. Thank you for explaining. Not at all quick, human friend Peter said. Teaching people about holidays is part of the fun of holidays. Kulchk clicked his understanding as he shifted from one of the human's shoulders to the other. The human was bent over a simmering pot of what they called mush. This particular mush was being reduced to make the filling for the human pastry. The heat was a mass required of the process meant that Quilch needed to maintain a fairly large, safe distance. Fortunately, human friend Peter was more than willing to provide that distance. "'Hey,' human friend Peter said as he turned off the heat under the mush. "'This needs to cool now, and don't you have that meeting soon?' "'Yes,' Quilch said regretfully. "'I must go. I do desire to stay and watch you finish the process.' "'I'll record it, little bud.' Human friend Peter said as he held out his hand for Quilch to climb down. Thank you, human friend Peter, Quilch said. I will see you at the celebratory meal. The rest of the day passed very swiftly. The meal was to begin just as the sun went down, but when he arrived, the humans were already munching on a small snack scattered around the room. The meal itself began rather later than sundown. The humans ate happily for a couple of hours and then one at a time slumped back in their chairs with the announcement of their satiation. Human friend Peter lasted the longest before he too slumped back and sighed. I couldn't eat another bite, he said with a sigh. A murmur of agreement spread through the table. Pity, Kulchchch observed as he sipped his eggnog. How so? Peter asked lazily, opening one eye to Pyrrha Kulchchchch. It seems a shame not to eat the pastry while it's still fresh, Kulchchchk said. Pastry? One of the other humans squinted at Kolchk. Pumpkin pie, Kulchchchk stated. Pie? The word spread through the humans like a stimulant. As each repeated, his spine pulled up his body straight and his eyes widened in anticipation. Pie? Human friend Peter confirmed. Should I go get them? Yo! The rest of the humans agreed. Human friend Peter shoved himself to his suite And strolled over to the refrigeration unit Pie The humans murmured happily Clicked curiously But didn't ask the question on his mind He was pretty full himself But the pie did smell good End of story Story number 5 Humans are weird Braid Written by Betty Adams Have you observed the new human yet? Flipsalong demanded as she rounded the corner of the flowway. ''Nice brush against you too,'' Twistunder replied. Flipsalong gave a full-body shimmy of embarrassment and made a show of trying to droop her gripping appendages in apology. ''No,'' Twistunder finally said, taking pity on the eager young university student. ''I have not seen our new guest yet.'' ''She has an extra appendages,'' Flipsalong declared. The ambassador is deformed, Twistunder asked in shock. I don't think so, Flipsalong said. It is a perfectly healthy-looking appendage, or it might be three-hulled entwined for transport. I'm not so sure. Some dim memory of a conversation with one of his ranger friends bubbled up in Twistunder's awareness. And where on her body is this extra appendage? he asked. It comes from her back, Flipsalong paused and trembled as if she, she visibly tried to think of the term. You know, the primary sensory end, with the organs. Ah, Twistunder nodded as it started to loosen his thoughts. Off the back of her head, and is the detached end crunched strained by a cloth band. Yes, Flipsalong declared. Do you know what the appendage is? I'm not sure it's an appendage, exactly. Twistunder said slowly, oh. Flipsalong drooped, disappointed. "'Just that ornamental attachment, then?' "'No, no,' Twistunder said. "'You probe. You have only touched rangers and university professors, yet, I assume?' "'That is correct,' Ripsalong said. "'How does that connect?' "'Rangers,' Twistunder said, "'follow a strict policy of grooming, "'as do most researchers who will have to be expect their environmental suits. "'They keep them in median fur and regulation length "'that will not interfere with the fit of the airtight helmet.' That is well known, Flipsalong agreed, but how does it connect? Human fur has no standard growth length, Twistunder explained It continues to lengthen until it reaches each individual's genetic maximum. That is why humans are so strict about the length regulations. Wait, Flipsalong raised her a gripping appendage in shock. You mean that massive appendage? It's just compressed mass of sensory tendrils. It isn't painful, I assure you. Twistunder said, reading the horror on the set of her appendages. Human fur has no live nerves once past the membrane. So it serves no sensory purpose, Flipsilong asked. A very limited one at best, Twistunder said. Does it offer a greater radiation or thermal regulation than the standard range of length? Flipsilong asked. I don't believe so, Twistunder replied. Flipsilong curled into what the humans called a thinking lobe and pondered this. Then why would a human maintain such a mass of useless tendrils? along demanded. Perhaps we should ask the ambassador, twist under offered, though you might want to rephrase that question with an interest of diplomacy. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed.